Time for our weekly fantasy football update. Out to the KDUS hotline we go. We're now joined the Sports Zone by John McKechnie of rotowire.com. And, John, of course, the big news in the last week is the Joe Burrow injury out for the season. How does that alter your opinion of Jamar Chase, Joe Mixon, and presumably healthy at some point T. Higgins? Well, the, it's sort of like the, the worst type, type of uh, fallout effects where, where you can't really justify benching Jamar Chase or, or Joe Mixon or, or, or Higgins when he gets back. You just have to lower your, your expectations of them. So, so you have a guy uh, that you, know, you spent your uh, a top three pick on in, in Jamar Chase, uh, a guy in Mixon who's probably um, at worst your, your RB2 and all of a sudden you just sort of have to reframe what, where they fit in your pecking order, but they still probably qualify as starting options. So, um, you know, mm-hmm. I, I thought Thursday w- was encouraging for, for Mixon be, because uh, once Burrow went out, and even uh, before, uh, he was getting u- used a lot in that passing game. It wouldn't surprise me if Jake Browning um, is just sort of coached up to do this, and, and if it's or if not, it's just sort of in his nature at this point to be – something of a checkdown artist. So I think that we're going to see Mixon's pass-catching production tick up over these uh, final uh, few weeks of the season, whereas Chase, it's going to be a little bit tougher for, for him to you know have the monster target games. I think he can still be effective on a per-target basis. I guess the way I would frame it uh, as far as uh, other comparisons that we can draw on is kind of like what Garrett Wilson ha- has been able to do this year, maybe, maybe to a lesser extent, although I wouldn't go so far as to say that, that Zach Wilson is a whole lot better than, than what Jake Browning showed uh, that this past Thursday night. So I think that there's still hope there for, for um, things to click. It, maybe you're you're not counting on the touchdown production so much from Chase, but I still think that he's going to be a viable fantasy player going forward. There's been some really bad quarterback play in the NFL this year, and you know, ten rookie quarterbacks have certainly contributed to that. Have started at least one game. Is Browning, you know, even a thought is a you know option in the two quarterback league? In in two quarterback leagues, I think you know when if you're looking for someone that that has a pulse, you know, someone that, that's going to be starting uh, the rest of the way, that then he certainly qualifies. It depends on what other uh, quarterbacks could could potentially be out there on on your waiver wire. Like, would you would you go to him or would you go to Tim Boyle? Um, uh, of the Jets, who's now going to be replacing Zach Wilson, Tommy DeVito, who actually looked, you know, kind of good uh, th- this past Sunday against Washington. Like they, they they fall into a very similar bucket. So you you're not feeling great about your team if you're having to start any of those three guys. And and you know if it's a if it's a super flex league, it might be one of those rare instances where it's like I am not going to use the super part uh, of the flex equation there. I'm going to just use a uh, use a, a normal position player and not a quarterback in that spot because mm-hmm. I, I don't want that my ceiling capped at like eight points that makes sense okay so on to the usual routine here at least most weeks except the last couple of weeks i've kind of varied away from this but let's go back to the usual you know let's start with the running backs uh, on the waiver wire you know, anybody we should be targeting this week well aaron jones got got dinged up this past week so we'll have to to see um his availability availability going into thursday so it's a short week um, they don't think it's a serious injury, but even still, if you leave a game and then you have another game uh, just a few days later, um, it becomes much trickier to, to have much in the way of expectations for a guy uh, like Aaron Jones. We've we've seen Patrick Taylor uh, take on some work in Jones's absence earlier this season, so it wouldn't surprise me if he gets into the mix on Thanksgiving Day 
against the Lions. Emmanuel Wilson has also been used a little bit out of that Green Bay backfield. Um, so that those could be the primary options uh, behind A.J. Dillon. Although, you know, unfortunately for, for us, it's not clear which one of those two guys between Taylor and Wilson will be that, that true number two behind Dillon if Aaron Jones is out for that game. So you're a little bit just kind of having to play the speculation game. But, but even still, um, I, I think that the, the Packers' uh, backup running backs are, are kind of where you start the discussion this week, although that, that is to, to say that that's making sure that Zach Charbonnet um, is not available on, on your waiver wires because he, he's been fairly available um, over the course of this season. I think people were, were pretty – uh, uninspired by, by what he did the first four weeks before Seattle's bye. And, you know, he's been getting snaps, but it's been kind of empty calories, not getting a ton of usage on a per-snap basis. Um, but with Kenneth Walker dealing with that oblique injury now, and, and also you tack on the fact uh, that Geno Smith is banged up, you're probably going to see a more run-heavy approach from the Seahawks. But unfortunately for, for anyone that's going to be able to pick up Charbonnet this week, this isn't a great spot for him, right? Because if Geno Smith San Francisco. <laughs> Yep, exactly right. So that they're they're at home as as a touchdown underdog. That line has moved like three and a half points um, since Geno got got hurt on Sunday. So you're not really expecting um, a ton from Charbonnet. But I think if nothing else, the 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 workload projection looks pretty good for him. The efficiency, the touchdown upside might not really follow that uh, as much as as we might like. But I think that he could still be useful at this stage if, if you know you're you're really struggling for a flex option or, or a second uh, running back option uh, for this week. And then, you know, with, with Devon A. Chan uh, getting dinged up th- this past week and them being on a short week, of course, playing on, on Black Friday, um, Jeff Wilson, who was in a healthy scratch this past weekend, um, I personally have dropped him in some spots. Probably going to have to, you know, tail tuck between my legs, go back to the well and, and try to scoop him up where, where I can because if A. Chan uh, is to miss some time here, I think that, that he's interesting. I know Savan Ahmed uh, definitely got some run on Sunday in, in uh, HN stead, but uh, dollars to donuts, I do believe Wilson to be the better player overall. I know sometimes that doesn't matter if, if a coach thinks that a certain guy fits his scheme in a particular way, but Wilson obviously has plenty of experience with, with McDaniel dating back uh, to, to his days in San Francisco, so it wouldn't surprise me if, if Wilson uh, gets back onto the radar if HN misses time. And, of course, the Dolphins and Jets play on Friday. So that's another right. dynamic there. Uh, Roshan Johnson, um, is he out there? I mean, he might be the guy in the Bears' backfield now, I think. Maybe? <laughs> it, it's such a moving target with the Bears. And that, that's, that's been my concern with, with them uh, th- throughout the season and, and during draft season as, as well. You know, you, you look at uh, Khalil Herbert as a, as a potential option, and he does well at, at certain points, and then he hits injured reserve. Deontay Foreman does well in his set, and then he gets dinged up th- this past Sunday. So Roshan Johnson, uh, among like the Bears that, that might have a pulse uh, for, for this week, I, I think that he could make some sense. They play Monday night, so there, there's a little bit of extra time there for, for Foreman uh, to get back in the mix. But I, I did think uh, one of the kind of notable box score developments for, from the Chicago game this past weekend with Justin Fields coming back, he had 18 carries. So yeah. I, I think that, that that was, you know, far and away his highest count um, on the season. So we could be running into a situation sort of like what we saw when Fields was going off late in the year last year where it wasn't passing that, that was really getting it done uh, from a fantasy perspective for him. It was, it was him being really willing and active as a runner. And I do wonder, you know, coming off of that thumb injury, if he's a little bit more hesitant and the bears 
themselves are a little bit more hesitant to, to have Justin Fields push the ball down the field 25, 30, 35 times in a certain game. So if the thumb is comfortable as far as running it goes but by comparison, then Fields probably it does project for you know 12 to 15 carries a, a week going forward. They do have the bye coming up on the other side of the Monday night game. So maybe mm. uh, that shifts back and this is just a short-term uh, development as far as how the, the Bears offense is structured. But I think in the interim, you do have to be concerned when looking at these Bears running backs uh, that Fields could be eating a lot off their plate. I have a running back suggestion here. There's a kicker involved, though. You know, the Cardinals have been awful against the run for weeks now. Kyron Williams is expected to be activated this week by the Rams. He had 158 yards in the first meeting against the Cardinals this year. My kicker here is, is, is Williams available most leagues? If so, I guess you, you that'd be a nice pickup. I think given the length of his absence, teams that were that wanted to hang on to him through, throughout uh, the time that he's been on injured reserve, there's a you know a non-zero chance that they've had to move off of him to to fill other roster spots. You know all the all the bye weeks over these last few weeks and everything like that. There's probably been some tough roster decisions that that have had to be made where Kyron Williams had to get cut. Um, and I, I think at this stage, uh, if Williams is activated, it's obviously a great matchup uh, going up against the Cardinals and, and their run defense specifically. So, yes, if, if he's out there and available, uh, like you said, I think that he's definitely a, a priority type of ad for this week because we, we know that the Rams, um, they, they can be a little bit funky with the running back usage, but early in the season it, it was Williams and only Williams in that backfield. So I think we're going to see the likes of Royce Freeman and Darrell Henderson uh, kind of f- fade back in, into the uh, fantasy mm-hmm. background, uh, provided uh, that, that Williams is activated this week. And the Cardinals without Kaiser White now for the rest of the season because of the injury on Sundays, and he's been their best player this year, offense and defense, so he's out for the year. All right, John McKechnie from rotowire.com calling the sports zone. On to uh, wide receivers, anybody we're targeting this week? Well, it's it's pretty slim pickings as far as that goes, but I, I will say that um, when you look at, at the Green Bay passing attack, it's gotten a little bit better. Uh, in in recent weeks, I think you can definitely point to that. I mean, Jordan Love, not someone that you totally want to attach yourself to for, for fantasy purposes. I know Christian Watson has been a huge bust this year and everything like that. Um, but um, I think that the Packers are, have been pretty shrewd with, with the way that they drafted the receiver position for the most part. And one of those guys is Dontavian Wicks, the, the rookie out of Virginia. Always loved his production when, when he was with, with the Cavs. And I, I think that he's starting to, to come on a little bit. And I, I think Jaden Reed also is someone that, you know, in, in your 10-team type of leagues, probably kicking around on, on the waiver wire. I think both those guys um, are, are fringy options that, that could actually be, be involved here this week specifically against a, a Lions defense that, that is really, really up and down. Uh, and I, I think the Packers, you know, this is a division game. The Lions went into Lambeau and, and crushed them earlier this season. Lions flying high. wouldn't surprise me with the way that the Packers have played the, the last two weeks. They played the Steelers very close a couple weeks ago uh, where, the, where the Packers keep things pretty close here. Um, and if there's no Aaron Jones, they're probably going to have to lean on the pass a little bit more. So take a look at those Green Bay receivers. See if any of those guys uh, that are playing snaps, getting targets, are out there on your waiver wire. Against the Lions pass defense this week too. So that uh, could be a plus for sure. All right, uh, Calvin Ridley. I know you know he's been disappointing. I don't know. If, I think he, you know, I'm sure he got dropped in some leagues. Team, team. I'm sure some owners got frustrated. 
You know, last week Jacksonville changed the offensive scheme a little bit. Lawrence more under center, a lot more rollout stuff, and Ridley uh, benefited. So uh, is Ridley out there in many leagues? And if so, I guess he's a mandatory ad if he is available. Well, but I'm a, I'm a tough guy to ask this question to because I, I I'm so uh, invested in, in Calvin Ridley, shall, shall we say, to where it's like, well, I haven't seen him available on waiver wires anywhere because he's always on my team still. So um, I, I've not <laughs> lost the faith. Or, or I've certainly lost the faith and wavered, but not to the point where um, I, I've gone ahead and cut Calvin Ridley. I, you know, truly, I, I can't blame anyone for, for cutting Ridley after uh, the way things went uh, through October and, and into the early part of November, basically up until this past weekend. And, and you know, you, you brought up an interesting point about um, the, the offensive structure changing a little bit. And I think it's also interesting, I, I did see the, the split out there that uh, all three games in which Calvin Ridley has, has gone over 100 yards this year, Zay Jones has been a factor. Zay, right. Zay Jones has been active. And, you know, he's yep. been dinged up a lot this year. But it, it's weird to say that, that a one receiver is, is that dependent on another in, in the sense that uh, Zay Jones isn't drawing a ton of targets or anything. But I guess what he does what, uh, to the defense as far as having to respect the deep ball opens things up for Ridley, uh, you know, in the intermediate part of the field along the boundary and, and you know, allows him to kind of uh, do the things that we were expecting going into this season. So I don't know if, if uh, just beating up on the, on the Titans is enough to, like, signify this big sea change uh, for the Jaguars, but I still think that Ridley um, is someone where if he is available – uh, in your in your leagues, I think that he's definitely someone to to consider picking up and, and you know probably prioritize that one. Huge game that this week in te- in uh, Houston facing the Texans. They need to even up that season series. Otherwise, the Texans take the lead in the AFC South with two wins over the Jags. So um, I, yep. I I think this is a huge game and and Ridley. I think after last week, I, I, you know who's who's to say the Lightning can't strike twice as as far as that is concerned. I mean he's a guy that we were drafting early third round by the end of, of draft season. Um, and then moving beyond that, I think with the Mark Andrews injury uh, in Baltimore, we're going to see a lot more target distribution out to the wide receivers. Obviously, Zay Flowers is going to be rostered in pretty much every league, but um, Odell Beckham is someone that I've seen on, I'd say, about the like half the waiver wires in, in the redraft leagues that I play in. Um, I'd be willing to pick him up. you got to keep an eye on his injury status, of course, because he, he did bang up his shoulder uh, at the end of that big catch on, on Thursday night. But he's been looking a lot better of late. He looks like he still actually has it a little bit. So um, I, I think that we're going to see the Ravens go more with, with heavy wide receiver sets. Um, so uh, Beckham definitely interesting to me in that sense. And Bateman also catching the touchdown this past week has been looking a little bit better since that disastrous game in Pittsburgh. So both those Baltimore receivers I think are going to start to see a lot more work. Okay, you mentioned Mark Andrews' injury. Let me jump to the tight ends here. Uh, Isaiah Likely, is this like a free-for-all to pick him up? <laughs> it, it's a free-for-all, um, you know, especially m- among those who, who lost Andrews or, or have just been kind of looking for answers at, at tight end over the course of the season, you know, having to start your Tyler Conklins of, of the world and, and so on. So, um, you know, a couple years ago when, when the Ravens had two fourth-round draft picks, they already had Mark Andrews on the team, and they still went ahead and drafted two tight ends uh, in, in that class, in that round, uh, with Isaiah Likely and Charlie Kohler. I thought that was interesting, but, I mean, in, in hindsight now, with, with Andrews being out, it looks like a, a, a move that uh, was shrewd and allows them to have a bit of a safety net at that position. 
I don't expect Isaiah Likely to, to do anything close to what Mark, Mark Andrews uh, has been doing over the course of this season. But I think, you know, we saw flashes from him last year. Hasn't really done a ton yet this year, but he's obviously going to get pressed into more action. So I would say, you know, Isaiah Likely is probably worth about 10% of your budget if you can swing that. Um, and, and beyond that, um, it, I would do a backup bid on Charlie Kohler because he's someone that was really impressive as far as his uh, pass-catching production at Iowa State. He was Brock Purdy's right. number one target basically uh, the entire time uh, that they were there in Ames. So if you don't get likely, I still think that Kohler is worth picking up. And then in your dynasty leagues, I'm a little bit interested in, and again, this is coming from someone that pays probably too much attention to the Ravens, Travis Vakolik, who was a, a – uh, preseason star out of Nebraska. Uh, I think he might get activated on, onto the 53-man roster. Interested to see if, if he ends up uh, making any noise here over these next couple weeks. But, that, again, that's more of a deeper format or, or dynasty type of thing. Okay, last up, quarterbacks. There aren't any buys this week on the Thanksgiving week. Is anybody out there, is there demand for quarterbacks? I don't know, other than if you have Joe Burrow, I guess. I'm not sure there is. Right, exactly. So, I mean, you, you know, your your guys like Tim Boyle, who's going to be moving into the starting role, um, or uh, the, I'm sorry, uh, Jake Browning, uh, who's, who's also going to be uh, moving into that starting role moving forward. But if you're playing in one quarterback leagues, what you're probably looking at out there is like your Kenny Pickett's, your Bryce Young's, uh, your Gardner Minshew's. Uh, I, I suppose DTR could be worth a, a look. You know, he was much better this past week against the Steelers than he was in his, his debut against the Ravens. He can run a little bit. We know that from, from his time at UCLA and a little bit uh, th- this past weekend. So DTR is definitely someone to consider if you need to, to pick up a, a quarterback. But, but frankly, in one quarterback leagues, I think you know, you, you're either set with what you have or you're going to be probably looking at a, a no playoff berth type of season and, and having to start someone like a, I don't know, like a Gardner Minshew uh, the rest of the way. So it, it, I wish that there were clearer and cleaner answers as far as quarterbacks go on the waiver wire this week, but we are entering that, that crucial phase last week of the regular season in a lot of spots uh, where, you know, you, you might be sunk if, if, if you've been one of the unfortunate teams that has suffered some quarterback attrition. Okay. Away from specific uh, waiver wire things. One other quick thing here it is Thanksgiving week. we got three games on Thursday. We got a game on black Friday Normally, I'm less than thrilled when I have fantasy players on Thursdays. Uh, do you have the same viewpoint there? Uh, I, I do if it's a standalone, but but because there's four games worth of action before Sunday, you feel a little bit less uh, consternation about starting someone because, um, you know, I, I think that you just have a, a larger uh, playing or slate and sample to, to be using and, and uh, drawing from. Uh, so, again, I, I think if you look at the teams that are playing on, on Thursday, I, I think there's injury concerns with, with Green Bay and their uh, running back room. I think that there's some concern, obviously, with, with the entire Seattle offense, depending on what Geno Smith's uh, status is. But beyond that, I mean, I, I think, you know, even if with, the, with a tough matchup, I think you could squint and see a way in which, you know, Sam Howell is, is worthy of a start this weekend. Even in a tough spot against Dallas, I think you could see Terry McLaurin uh, by extension and even maybe Brian Robinson a little bit uh, being, being viable this week. You're going to fire up your 49ers as you normally would. You would fire up uh, your, uh, your Lions as you normally would and, and your Dolphins as well. So it, it, 
I know that it generally, to your point, is a bit of a uh, – it adds a bit of a headache to your lineup decisions uh, with the Thursday calls. But because there's so many games before the weekend uh, in Week 12, I, th- I think you know get, there's reason to be a little bit less worried about it. Okay, John, let everybody know how to uh, listen to you other than this outstanding segment weekly with us. <laughs> well – Outside of that, if you, if, if you can handle more John McKechnie on the airwaves, uh, we are moving yeah. up the uh, Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast uh, to Wednesday this week. We are not going to record on Thanksgiving. Uh, I'm going to be busy eating, as will Mario, and watching football. So we're going to do it on Wednesday. And we also do the Rotowire uh, Sports Betting Podcast uh, with an NFL focus. We break down every single game. Uh, we come up with our favorite bets. Uh, for, from the week, and we also put together our favorite parlays and teasers every single week, and we've been doing okay with those. Um, but we will also be recording that tomorrow. Those will be available in your podcast feeds, and they're also uh, live-streamed on our YouTube channel, so Rotowire over on YouTube. You'll find us there. You can watch it live, or you can watch it uh, cataloged on there once we finish recording. John, always good talking to you. Have a good uh, holiday week, and we'll talk to you next week. Thanks. Likewise, happy Thanksgiving to, to you and everybody out there. Thanks again, and I'll uh, catch you next week. All right. Good deal. John McKechnie from rotowire.com.